Before we get started, I just want to let you know that some of the audio in this episode is a little bit um, lacking in quality. We didn't realize that one of the mics was not on um, and could nothing we could do about it at that point. So we just decided to leave it in and let our conversation go. Sorry about the quality in advance and enjoy the episode. Hello, here we are, back here, talking about the book of Boba Fett, chapter two. Why'd you turn to Christopher Walken? Uh, I don't know. I'm Christopher Walken. Did Christopher unintentionally, unofficially play uh, one of the huts? Yeah, unintentionally. Um, but welcome, everybody. We're here, and we're going to be talking about, you know what, Boba Fett. Chapter two, Jackson, how are you feeling? I'm chilling. chilling. I'm hanging on. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm on day six of quarantine with COVID, so I have um, done nothing but played Halo. Yeah. And uh, I did watch Return of the Jedi. Oh, well, I I had my birthday um, two days ago. I turned 23. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Do you feel 23? No. Honestly, because every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I am 23. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. I turned 20, I turned 24 a month from tomorrow. Happy early birthday. I'll tell you again when we get, when we get there close. Um, so yeah, I did that. I watched Return of the Jedi for my birthday and, um, oh, very nice. Favorite Star Wars movie? Yeah. 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 Just was uh, felt 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 it was right, and uh, yeah, no, it was all right. It's been chilling. I've been hanging out, doing a lot. Um, Did you have a very happy New Year? I spent it also in quarantine. Uh, we, we tested positive on on uh, New Year's Eve, mm. so we were just like, nice. Well, I guess this that's what we're doing for New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a very quiet New Year's as well. We have like three people over and like went yeah. to like a wine bar but we were like outside away from everybody because like That's man cool. that that omicron going cray cray right it now it is dude. going cray cray <laughs> right now yes please but um i think it's time to get into this episode here um yeah. which man this episode blew me away i was not expecting to be as entertained and just I, I my eyes were glued to the screen the entire the second time. the second it started yeah <clears throat> yeah i loved it um but kind of let's let's just get into it here what are kinda, so, some of your overall thoughts uh as a whole for the episode um so i guess for me uh i, I walked into the episode already kind of hearing that it it was do it was really good it was really mm-hmm. good i was like okay well then it must have taken some direction doing something. I was like, oh, did like Han Solo pop in? Or well, it was like, oh, maybe like, you know, cool action sequence happened or, you know, they expanded more on the plot and the plot ends up kind of being cool with whatever yeah. it does. And sure enough, yeah, the plot was really cool and what it did. And um, I guess, you know, the spoiler alert right away, which uh, if you're here, you must have seen it. You should have seen it. If you haven't, you should go see it um but why are you watching this if you yeah <laughs> you that's what i'm saying it. it's like why are you here um 
when the huts showed up, I, I audibly, I I gasped out. I was like, oh, I was like, uh oh, I was like, well, oh. yeah, we were watching it, and Emma was like, is that? I was like, no, it's not. Jabba like, it's Hutt. not. Um, which uh, so, and it, I thought that was really cool, and I actually, I, it raised some questions to me right away, but we'll get into it later. But um, the I like paused it to go to the restroom or something. And I looked and it was only like 14 minutes in. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I was like, oh, what else is going to happen? And, and I, um, in absolutely thoroughly enjoyed the episode as it was in the stories that it told. And I, I love knowing more about this Tuscan tribe and learning with them. And, um, I think for me, it, it, it was it was different that the whole episode was really about this flashback um but the first like 14 minutes they were just like oh yeah by the way um this is what's gonna happen with this and yeah i kind of i was expecting it to be another kind of the same vibe as the first episode where it's just like Back and forth. He's like back in uh, like Masaspa and like yeah. it's like a little tussle with the mayor and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I really liked the direction it went. Like once we got over the beginning stuff and we got to see our boy Max Rebo again. Yeah, um, I cheered. <laughs> and then we get to learn about this, um, the Nightwind guy. Um, what is what is with this Nightwind thing? I guess I just took it as like their... <laughs> They made me think of the Dark Brotherhood from Skyrim. You know, just I don't like know Skyrim. All right, they're they're just like a they're like a league of assassins. Gotcha. Okay. They're like the Foot Clan from Ninja Turtles. Oh, wonderful! They're yeah. just like these assassins that are for hire, and that's kind of how I took it. So I think if they come back more, it's they'll play into something of maybe like you know into that but as for what i took it at face value they are just a group that was hired to uh so my question is what did you think the mayor was doing yeah i don't know um i think it's reverse psychology and it's trying to the mayor is like redirecting what boba did to make it look like Boba is actually a powerhouse to be handled. But I guess my question is that the mayor probably actually works for the huts. So I expect like a double cross, but I guess what I took it was like, because the mayor's like, thank you for stopping this assassin. Like here, like we will handle it. And like kind of takes it as like a token of gratitude. And I think that's more of the sense of now the mayor is like, you did this for me. You did this for me and that I in return will help you with whatever you, you know, your crime lordiness that you want, because no one's taking Boba seriously. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it might not be that the mayor is working for the huts, but I think the mayor's loyalties are still with the huts. And I think that's what kind of, I think the mayor is very much messing with Boba and like trying to make him think that, that, you know, he, that they're on his side. That's yeah. And yeah. they're going to end up turning on him. For um, sure. So um, here's, here's the question I had when I was watching it was did the twin huts establish Bib Fortuna? Like, did they 
the like oh, Jabba, like the assistant Jabba, and Jabba dies and they yeah. go, Hey, you clean up the mess. And if you do well, we'll keep it. Maybe it worked. And Bib ends up staying for a couple years until Boba kills him. And now they're like, Well, I guess now we finally have to step in and deal with whatever, you know, Jabba left behind. Oh, my mic just fell. I'm so there sorry. There it goes. Um, yeah, I I think these huts are going to be I can already sense myself getting annoyed with them, but not in the um, not in the way that I'm annoyed with them as a character, but just like they're doing things to Boba. Just yeah, they're just they're just poking with them. Yeah, you just want the plot to happen, but it's just like oh, these stupid huts. Yeah, um, yeah. I but, um, I thought it was so cool seeing huts in live action. Huts in live action again. I know they didn't do any puppets. It was just CG things. But it looked, like it looked pretty. It looked they look the great. best that yeah. huts have ever looked. I, um, non. I just am glad that like we are in live action times and we're seeing huts again. And I'm glad we're seeing huts yeah. that aren't Java. You know, I love. Mm-hmm. I love seeing. I love seeing that. I was I'm like, glad we're "Is Zero the Hut still alive?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the rightful but, heir. Um, where is he? Yeah, and then we. It's kind of jarring, like how quickly we cut back to Boba's lair back in the Bacta tank, um, and we get this flashback, and we. This is where the episode really takes off. Is in this kind of flashback where he, you know is with these Tuscan Raiders and this big train thing shows up and yeah, all that kind of fun stuff. I was so surprised at how well this episode enriches the lore of the Tuscan Raiders and like their culture. And like, there's so much we learn about the Tuscan Raiders in this episode, um, which I really appreciate. And like, it gives me a new appreciation for that. Like, they're not just like these mindless beings on Tatooine that are like aggressive yeah, they're reason. really expanding on the community aspect. Of yeah, that. and they're you know they're really protective over their land. It's like they're like the natives of Tatooine essentially. Yeah, um, which is super cool to see that um, portrayed. But what did what did you think about um, this this whole latter three fourths of this episode? I I loved the kind of just little self contained story it was, and. Um, what what I I think the big thing is that um, already we have seen that Boba has learned the respect that he wants to try to achieve with with Jabba's uh, um, you know power and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think with this is we really got to see Boba um, learn um, learn properness and very strong leadership skills and you know by the end of the episode there's tuscans like serving him water as he's doing things and well like i think when we were watching this i heard emma say like i've never seen boba be like this compassionate yeah yeah and i think it's that he's really kind of learned like to them in this current moment they are his family you know um and and i and i love what it's teaching him the things that it's you know kind of showing and um you know, and he's really, um, you can really see him taking a chance to like value life. Yes. Um, with everybody, with everybody. With everybody. And like the amount of respect I'm sure that he gains just for a life in this show 
um, I've noticed in the pe- in the last episode and you know this episode, which is I'm really glad we're seeing Boba kind of develop in this show. Yeah, and he's not just this cool looking bounty hunter who does cool action stuff. Like that's what I was worried the show would be that we're just getting really cool action pieces and nothing else. But I'm really glad that we're getting these moments and like putting Boba through his experience. We're learning something. Where he's learning something. Yeah. Or he's, you know, he has to overcome a lot of things. And I think that is what this show really needed. So allow me to kind of jump ahead and just, I want to talk about this piece, but we're on the topic of learning. What do you think the dream was about? The acid trip? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) The lizard trip. You know, I'm glad that we're doing peyote in the desert again. That's what real Star Wars is about. I know, right? Um, I'm not really so at first I wasn't sure what was going on and like once the lizard got, went into it I know like, I was brain, like oh, I was like oh yeah what's going like, on I there? think I swallowed it I'm so sorry yeah yeah um I think a lot of that was a way to show like I think what it is I it almost feels like an initiation for the Tuscan tribe because like you go to this, it like it like takes you to this big tree, and like you break a branch off of it, and you bring it back to them, and they kind of like show you how to make the gaffy stick and that kind of thing, um, which I thought was really cool. How there's like this sentimental attachment and meaning yes, behind yes, the gaffy I, stick. I absolutely loved that the Gaddafi stick that he has is like for him because oh, yeah. i i kept thinking the the tuscan female who was training him i kept thinking she was going to give him the the staff that she has maybe she was gonna die or something i kept thinking that right. was gonna happen yeah, yeah. I, I love that instead he made one for himself yeah i love that and I, and I think when it comes to that acid trip sequence i'm wondering if maybe like we're just seeing significant moments in his life that have like brought him to this because like he survived because like we get um you know parts from the sarlacc pit we see him as a kid um with Django leaving in the slave one um we see all these like significant like highlights like core memories in his life um up to now and i'm wondering what the significance will be going forward in this show with his past and that kind of thing. Um, Like how much more they're going to address it. Because at this point we are almost to where we met him in the Mandalorian Mm -hmm. um, in the flashbacks. So I'm wondering if we'll ever go even further back. Well, he's got like another few years, right? Like I would say like three, four years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, or so has it been established if he he came out of the Sarlacc pit like immediately after? I would assume within the next, like within the forty eight hours after he fell. Okay, so you think it's it was pretty instantaneous that that happened? Because I was thinking like, yeah, I guess he wouldn't have been able to survive without like food or water, yeah, in there for years or anything. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't, and then I saw one complaint. This is kind of this isn't really the topic of the episode of this episode but i saw one complaint that someone was like uh why didn't they de-age him because it's only supposed to be like what 20 something years after he's like a a kid and he looks 50 yeah Um, which whatever fine i don't that's not a gripe that i have or something i even think about but um 
let's kind of go back a little bit to this train heist sequence with like, you know, at first we get the train coming through, trying to take out all these Tuscan Raiders. And Boba says that he's going to stop the train and, you know, keep, keep it off of their land. And he does this by going to like this dive bar with like those, those long bikes um, and like fights off a bunch of these Nikto. What did you think about that sequence with, because I, I have a little bit of a, a qualm with that sequence, but what did you what's, think about Well, what's your qualm? Let, let me hear your qualm. I didn't like the two people that were at the bar. They it's, didn't feel Star Wars to me. It's not right. Or what, what did he they say? They didn't, the, that whole, the, the guy, his performance, what he looked like with like the leather jacket thing, he just didn't look like a Star Wars character to me. Yeah. That took me out of it a little bit. Um, I didn't but, really think much of this scene, uh, period. I thought the fight was fine, but like, um, I don't know. I was like, it was just an action piece to get the bikes. That's what yes. it really was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I didn't think much, much more or less of it as that. Which I, I enjoyed it because it, it makes it feel like, you know, we got a Star Wars bar fight. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, oh, for sure. Bar fight. for sure. It was cool. Uh, um, and it was cool to see some more live action Niktos. Um, I, I always like, I, I always think about Rin Riven die from Bloodline whenever we see Nikto's in any capacity, just because that's, he's such a good character in Bloodline. Um, But kind of getting back on topic, when they come back, and this is where I think we see him, we see his growth as a character with the Tusken Raiders, where he's like kind of teaching them <laughs> how to get on the bike and like how to uh, how to uh, go with Bantha like Bantha is the new yeah like Bantha. Like Bantha. Um, I thought all that stuff was it was great and it was yeah. adorable. Um, what did you think about the whole sequence? Um, I I love that they showed and expressed like Boba with each of the different Tuscans. Like yeah. he he had a part with every one of them. It wasn't just the chief. And, you know, the the warrior that he was tight with, it was the kid and it was, you know, here and there and teaching each one how to properly fight and, you know, watch themselves. And um, I, I, I love his kind of little mini purpose of he believes that like Tuscans deserve uh, like a say in what happens. on. They Tat- deserve respect. Yeah. And yeah. I think, like they, yeah, absolutely. Because I think this has a lot to do with. Boba's core kind of meaning in this show right now has been learning respect in, you know, is in, in several ways, respect for life, respect for other people, um, yes. and just, you know, doing things in a way that, that makes like moral sense. So I'm really glad you brought this up because this is why I asked you, what did you think about the dream? is that my interpretation of the dream is that Boba is is in the moment of when he did it was that he is locked in with um, uh, the kind of restraints and ties of living up to his father's name. He's kind of, you know, for the last 20 years been hell bent on representing his father's armor and, and, um, being kind of, you know, the lone badass who, you know, was this grand bounty hunter because that's what his dad was like. 
And that's why I think we keep getting the flashbacks of Genosis and, and Camino is that it's the helmet to him is what does the helmet mean? Mm. And to him, it's, it's, it's family. So what does that mean to him? And I think Boba spent most of his time in a sense of revenge for his father's legacy yeah. when in, in the way that he wants to be able to honor it, he needs to make a name for himself. And while he's understanding that he is learning what respect it does to people and, and how these Tuscans are teaching him how you don't have to kill and blow everything up to get what you want. And if you want to really change something about it, you can do it with this thing, respect. And Boba's Which I think he is also sorry to cut you off um, oh, you're good go ahead but which i think he is also teaching that to the tuscans as well yes because they've always been so like as soon as you they see anything on their land they, they point freak their out yeah yeah to kill um, yeah and i think they're teaching each other these lessons which i think is such such great writing so far in this episode um, just yeah incredible themes of just civility and and i mean respect is kind of the whole show but like yeah. i think this episode really taught a lot about being civil and where it can take you you know is that you don't have to take you don't you don't need power to take control yeah and the very obvious parallels of you know being natives to a land and having that land kind of trampled on and yeah, used and used and taken for. away, yeah. and like no one really understands or respects your cultures, traditions, and you know you're just kind of seen as like this, like, Outsider. like I said, Outsider like I said in earlier, your own realm. Yeah, yeah, like like I said earlier, like a lot of people just see the Tuscan Raiders as like these mindless yeah. beings on Tatooine, um, which is why it's I'm so glad that they're taking the time to really explore the Tuscan Raiders and like their lore. Yes. Um, it's, it's just so wholesome. I didn't, I didn't expect this show to be so wholesome, like this episode to be so wholesome. Like, yeah. yeah the Tuscan Raiders too. I was like, man. Um, and then uh, let's get to the train heist portion. Cause I thought this also had a lot of moments with Boba where I was like, what, why are you saving that guy? Just go get the ship down. Like, get the, get the train down. Why are you saving that guy? And I was like, Brayden, Brayden, this is the point. That's the point he's trying to make. We got to make everybody walk out. We're saving everybody. Like, yeah. I, I thought this whole sequence was great. And I think it, I love a good train sequence. And I love a good Star Wars train heist sequence. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the, the train heist? Um. I I thought it was good action bits. I like uh I'm trying to think as they go along. You know, like a train top, you know, train train top fight is always mm-hmm. a good bit of fun. And uh I I I think my the shot that made me chuckle was when the warrior Tuscan like popped up from the other side while they were mm-hmm. taking cover from the from the bad guys and just kind of looked at him and I was like, "Hey." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one was fun. No, I thought it was cool. Uh, I I was like, well, when she crashed the speeder into the train <laughs> and it didn't really do anything, uh-huh. and I was just like, oh, okay, well. I'm it's just so funny drive. because like all, all of these Tuscans were like, there's, there's so like clueless at what, like 
how to do this kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, having like, dodge and weave bullets and and I love the training sequence with Boba and them like they're all on their little long bikes and like they're the the guys are trying to like practice hopping from one bike onto yeah. Boba <laughs> like they kept messing up. That was really funny. Um, there was like a this had the perfect balance of like comedy, wholesomeness, heartfelt yeah. emotion, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then what do you think about so who are these guys that had the train and they're trying to well clear their path as they were saying they they were pikes right were they yeah those those were pikes with the they wear like the mask like that but yeah that's right that's right it's the big pikes that have like the over they're like the grand ones but yeah i'm used to um i'm used to the pikes from clone wars yeah, those are very different from what live action pikes have always been. Yeah. And I don't know why, but um yeah, so I just took it as they this group of pikes had uh, a good route that they were trying to protect. You know, I took it as like it's just like a, a lore thing where it's like, oh yeah, like the sands of Tatooine, they're so dangerous that like, you know. Like here, here on your left is Mos Espa, like this crazy space station city that's got crime riddled throughout all the day. There's giant slugs that they carry through the street. And over here is the Dune Sea that's owned to the ancient to the ancient Tuscan Raiders that these mm-hmm. guys are a crime syndicate that have a train that they like to shoot out the windows of. Yeah. For, for a second there, I was like, this isn't Crimson Dawn, is it? Not, I'm waiting not for him. Dawn. I'm waiting for I him. I was like, is Jackson right? I and think it, because since the huts are now involved, I bet you Crimson, I bet you the, I think Crimson Dawn, Dawn, it's Crimson Dawn is bound to get involved if all these crime syndicates are getting in there. Yeah. Um I, I, I'm excited. And then I I thought it was really great how after this whole thing, and like instead of Boba just killing them, the the the, the head pike is like, what are you going to do now? Kill us? He's like, well, it depends on how you answer my next question. And he's like, are you hoarding spice Yeah. on this train? He's like, what do you mean by spice? <laughs> that was great. I love, I love that whole interaction. Um, um, I love the, the only mention of where he tells him you're going to walk in single file. I was kind of waiting, kind of waiting for him to be like, why single file? Yeah. Um, and he was like, we'll die out here. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get attacked. Like, He's no, like, no, we'll have an escort for I, you, but we're not going to have any water. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure you guys we'll have water. Sure, yeah, you guys do what you need. Yeah, which was another thing. And I was like, I think a, a Boba, a, a, a pre-Sarlacc Boba Fett would have just killed him. Yeah, absolutely. Just would have shot him, yeah. He would have just, you know, killed him, took all their stuff. Second he said, what is spice, he would have shot him. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, that really shows some really great character development for Boba. And then again, we see kind of near the end here, whenever, you know, he, he goes on this acid trip, goes to get his gappy stick. And the sequence where they build the gappy stick, the and robe you see him like chopping away on it, the robe ceremony. Beautiful. And dude, the, this is one of my favorite ending scenes to any Star Wars TV. Is just the big like rain dance they're doing around the fire. Yeah, yeah, so wholesome. That was the coolest thing, and like I, in I think in any other medium, like if that was like the ending to a movie, 
or something that would be kind of a cringy weird ending but, but like, this, it felt just right yeah like i i learned something from this episode and i'm glad that like it ends on i'm glad that this episode ends on like its own note where yeah you know they didn't need to i you know what i bet you that just answered my question of why show the first 14 minutes with the huts is that that's the only piece of the story that you needed the rest of this episode is its own contained story yeah and i think you're right in the sense that you said like the first half of this season is going to be kind of catching up as from like the Sarlacc pit getting out up until where we, you know, where we meet. I think that you're right. That we're the next episode is going to be the last episode that we get like these flashbacks. I I think if we get more, it'll lead up all the way to when Boba found Fennec. Yeah. We go to that, that post credit scene on, from Mando, remember? Yeah, yep. The first Boba appearance. I remember that, and then like they never showed him again in season one. And everyone's like, like, "Oh, it's Cad Bane. Oh, it's 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 this person, dude, this we, person." And I think, how cool would it be to get a live action Cad Bane in this show? People think that he will, he might show up in this. In this, I think it'd be cool, dude. I think it would be really cool, especially having him in Bad Batch too. Bad Batch enough when it was like, "Oh, I was like, that was rad as hell. Yeah. Like, I want more of that." Um, but kind of wrapping it up a little bit here, overall, do you like this episode more or less than last week's episode? Uh, I, I must admit, I think episode one was not a letdown, but just kind of mundane in the sense of it was what a kind I, of a just it like was a, weird. It was a weird purpose start. of introduction to the, yes, the show. Um, yeah. um, and this already took that cake and i wholeheartedly think that they are going to um they're gonna they're gonna keep going farther um so i think after this episode alone is like to me this is a nine out of ten and i i think that they're just gonna keep topping themselves well robert rodriguez robert rodriguez did say that this show will um surpass expectations so which is good because um that's gonna be rad as as our boy RFB would say, I set my expects down um, for this show. Uh, but one thing that I think we did forget to mention was in that scene um, towards the beginning with the the Hut twins, we we got a little friend, the little Wookie guy. Oh yeah, um, the the new uh, the emo Wookie, if you will. I believe this Wookie's name is um, Black Curzon. Kersantan. Kersantan. Santi, they call him. Um, but yeah, he shows up in the comics, and apparently, um, he was. I he was a, that. Yeah, I, I learned that today as well because he's part of more like Star Wars adventures, which I don't. I don't read those lines. Yeah, um, Doctor Afra too. Doctor Afra, um, but he's a a hut bounty hunter. He's a hut. He worked with Jabba a bunch, so I bet you. He ended up going to work with the twins and um so here uh, let's talk about that for just a second yeah. what do you think are these the only other huts in power is there gonna be you know they they talked about you know go back to now hutta like is there gonna be you know maybe the hut council will get involved and, and i think it'd be cool to see that kind of stuff because we, I, I we only so. really really know the huts from like some some small stuff in like Clone Wars. 
And well, I'm like, I, I kind of, I said this to my girlfriend was that, you know, in any Star Wars media, the Huts are always have been known to be a crime family mm-hmm. and the syndicate. So I guess the question is, is how powerful are they right now? And what That's does the that thing. mean I think, for Boba? I think the Hut syndicate took a big hit when Jabba died. Really? Um, I think so. And that's why they're like, they're coming back to like take the making sure that this is yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I think you know the huts are probably vulnerable, and they're probably making efforts to take over um, this that part of Tatooine again. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be like a probably pretty big conflict of this show, I would imagine, because Bib Fortuna was in good with the huts and was on the huts side, and. Uh, yeah. Boba is not. Um, yeah, I think going forward, we're going to see some. I would really like to see more huts show up, like just a big army of huts um, land cool. at Boba Fett's door. That'd be that would be cool to see. Like cool. Just... So, and we talked about Kersantan. Um, do you think we will see other? Uh, notable bounty hunters. Oh, excuse me. I want to see Chrysanthemum fist fight Chewbacca. That'd be rad. Uh, Eight minutes right. in the octagon. Who do you think of the Empire Strikes Back's teams coming back? <sighs> IG88 just got his own comic line, so I say him, Bosk, Dengar. I think we're going to see Bosk um, in some form in, yeah. in um, either this show or one of these Star Wars things i think we're going to see we got to see boss live action sometime and dengar obviously would be really cool to see um yeah i I wonder if it's gonna turn into kind of like a john wick thing to where the huts essentially try to quote force boba out and they just keep sending bounty hunters after him Mm. and each episode he's got to fight something new while he's also like what guys he's like i'm just trying to do this the nice way and they keep pushing his buttons about it yeah i'm i'm glad this show isn't being a formulaic like that um only because that kind of formulaic storytelling is the same thing that happens with like the mandalorian where you know at the beginning of the episode, he starts somewhere, gets a mission to go somewhere else. He gets there, does yeah, the yeah, thing, yeah. and then he leaves the planet. And like it's like that for every episode. It's like every episode, it's like the same arc. It feels I like gotta find more chalky milk for my green kid. Yeah, did you see that TikTok? Yeah, <laughs> it's like every Mandalorian episode. <laughs> um, so like I don't. That is again, it's one gripe I've always had with the Mandalorian. Um, but I like that this style of we see Boba in the present day and like having going through his conflicts there. And then we kind of bounce back a little bit and see where he's been. Um, I think that is a really, because there's so much story to tell and to get in, in these, what, eight episodes now, nine. six, nine episodes. Yeah. So yeah, we get a lot of story to go, but one thing I wanted to ask you, and this is a thing that has been rumored. So, um, possible spoiler slash rumor for anybody who doesn't want to know anything that could possibly happen going forward. So just click away from the stream now. But do you think we will get a Harrison Ford Han Solo DH in this show at all? 
you think they're going to Luke Skywalker it from Mando season two? Because the reason why I asked is because apparently there were reports that Harrison Ford was on set at some point during the production. If they were going to bring Han in, I would rather them use Alden. That's what but, I would, that's where my mind went to when I heard about this. But um you don't need Han, you know? Like yeah. Han, like why would Han introduce himself to this story? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Unless um, like they they're they're somehow Han had to go back to Tatooine for whatever reason. Well, you know what? There was a line that was said in this episode that I can't remember who said it, but someone said it it's you gotta ask it's like ask the right questions to take out a hut. Like you have to ask big people to take out a hut. And I took that as governments. The mm. huts are such a big, you know, aspect of of the galaxy and and their control influence a lot of the things that happen within the outer rim they keep a maintain of order to it i bet you with the new republic being so fresh that if a hut was taken out it would kind of stir and cause chaos so i wonder if the question is boba takes out a hut and then the new republic has to step in and be like hey like you can't be this big crime syndicate doing all this all this kind of stuff you know, and the person they send is Han Solo. That would be cool. I mean, see, the only the only way that I'd be like, oh yes, they brought they, they brought in Han is if they did it the right way. Yeah, they if they made it work some way, I I would of course you know accept it and love it for how it is. But if you don't need Han in this story, don't put Han in the story. Yeah, I think that that's why another reason why I love this episode much is because it didn't like the greatness of it didn't rely on an old favorite having to show back up and say hi, yeah. kind of like the, the season two finale for Mando. Um, I, I really liked the fact that, that this episode just let itself breathe. It let itself be good. Let itself have all just these lessons story. Yeah. Enrich the lore a little bit. You know, we learned some more about these characters that we've known for 42 years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, Oh my God. 45 years now, 77, 45 years, dude. Since the New Hope, I mean, with Boba, it's like well, I mean, I'm I'm talking like just in general the legacy yeah. of the characters of the Tuscan yeah. Raiders, like oh yeah, 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 that is 45 years, man, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, do you have any final thoughts or things we didn't catch whenever um, we were talking earlier? Um, I think my favorite joke in this episode was the Rancor bit. I love oh, that. Yeah. I we love that, that Fennec is just kind of bloodthirsty. Like, just let me kill him. Let me kill him. Let me kill him. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, at, at first I was like, wait, did they get another Rancor? I was like, well, I, I know. I was like, there's no way. I was like, Jabba never had time. Like, yeah. I was like, did- unless Bib did it, but I bet you Bib wouldn't want to. It's a perfect tactic, though, to get that guy to talk. I know, right? Um, because. <laughs> They, he doesn't know they don't actually have a rancor, you know. Um, I thought that part was really great. It's a really great start to the episode as when well. When do you think we'll see a rancor? I think we're gonna see it in this season. I bet you in the next episode or two. I don't know about the next episode or two, but sometime this season, I think we're gonna see I, a rancor. I think the huts are gonna start throwing stuff at Boba, and he's gonna so. have to kind of adapt to it. I they're bet gonna send gonna, a rancor to pay respects. They're gonna start with a rancor, and Boba just tears it up, and then they'll send like her. 
Krasanston or whatever. <laughs> John Krasinski. Her Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Um, her, her John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um yeah i think overall this this is one of my favorite episodes of live action star wars tv um that i think we've ever gotten in my opinion and i'm very very excited to see if this next episode if we'll say more in the present or if we're going to get another 45 minute flashback um which i don't hate i won't be mad i bet you from now on it'll be kind of back and forth i think this was the only episode that they yeah. were gonna do its whole thing but you know who, who knows i could be wrong yeah i mean a lot to still be discovered with this show yeah. um and i'm very excited to see how it is moving forward but i think that just about does it for us we're about 40 minutes in there i think that's just the perfect amount of time to um get this kind of closed out here um, if you'd like to find us on our social medias, as always, you can do that on our Instagram at Through Imperial Eyes Pod, Twitter Imperial Eyes Pod, and YouTube at Through Imperial Eyes Podcast. Just add the podcast, or else you'll get a bunch of suggestions for Star Wars Rebels episodes. Jackson, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Quacks and Scalene. It's Q A C K S O N and Scalene like the triangle. And then you can follow me on my photography Instagram, which is uh, at Deline underscore photography. It's D A L E E N underscore photography. Braden, what about you? And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Braden Ledbetter and on Twitter at Braden And you can see what I'm watching, see what I'm reviewing on Letterboxd at the Ledbetter and see what I'm doing in the video world at Bet19 on YouTube. And please do not be shy. Leave that rating, leave that review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever else you got. It really helps out the show and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. And that's really all that matters here, right? Um, and then, yeah, make sure to stay tuned. If the, if we do get some big news here in the next um, few days, we will be covering that. We haven't been in the news episodes lately just because um, a lot of it has been very Book of Boba Fett based. And we want to keep that discussion for these episodes. Um, but if there is anything that you're like, oh, my God, I really want to hear Braden and Jackson talk about this. Just shoot us a message. Be like, hey, can you cover this news story? We'll hop on and talk yeah, about ask it. Us, ask us on uh, Anchor about it. Yeah, ask us on Anchor about it. We want to hear your little voice. Um, But I think until then, we will see you next week for some more Book of Boba Fett and in case there's some great big news that drops. But until then, as always, may the Force be witching.